Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. Guess what, Ellie? What? We've got a guest. I know, we always have a guest. That's literally the format of the podcast. I know. And today, on a bank holiday Monday, we have the wonderful Pippa Evan. Oh, woo woo! Hello. hello! Oh my God, I'm really scared. I've just realised that I always go Australian. Um, <laughs> so I'm really sorry. Oh my you know, God. You have gone a bit Australian. It, it happens and I, it will continue to happen. That and is I would, okay. I just need to point out, it's not. It's actually a huge respect because I was brought up on the programme television, of the programme television, yes. Neighbours. Ah, um, yeah. so my, my the greatest export. Yes. It's a no, documentary, it's isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. So it is my second language is Australian English. Oh, um, so, I tell you a really interesting fact. Yes. Oh God. I was born on the same day as Stefan Dennis. No way. Oh my God. Oh my That's God. not an interesting fact. Yes, it is. There's an amazing Australian improviser called <sighs> Patty Styles, who I love, and uh, she's a good friend of mine, and she. Um, she was like she's done loads of really amazing stuff like she's an amazing person and then I found out she was once in a hot tub scene in Neighbours with Stefan Dennis <gasps> and I felt really embarrassed that that was the thing of all of her amazing achievements that was the thing I was like yes hot now I value you <laughs> that, that is a slightly more interesting fact I'll give you that that's, that's a better that's a better celebrity anecdote than Helen's usual celebrity anecdotes we recently had the lovely Tanya Moody on the podcast didn't yes. we oh, yeah. and she was telling She's in Star Wars, right? She okay, was in yeah. the Star Wars. So she's saying, talking about, you know, working with J.J. Abrams, things like that. And then Helen's like, oh, yeah, I like Star Wars. Um, I'm friends with uh, Bo Dameron's masseuse. <laughs> Bo Dameron's masseuse. That's right. Yeah, you've mean- met someone who's touched a celebrity. And you're saying that like it's an impressive anecdote to a woman who's actually in fucking Star Wars. <laughs> yes, I did. And she was very polite about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, but she, she looked at me and we knew. Um, yeah. But anyway, Stefan Dennis in a hot tub it's is, already, is up there that's your, up your there your podcast is already on fire oh yeah. absolutely now, should we should probably do some sort of introduction or something I, I, mean, I feel like we're, we're old friends yeah. we've met Pippa once in, in a in a, in a hot tub oh, no. no unfortunately not no it was it was like a hot tub it was it was a room above a pub in uh, in Forest Hill when we were both doing a bit of stand up it was called The Hub it was and it called. was a really great comedy night that unfortunately um, disappeared because uh, yeah. live comedy was struggling a bit because there's yeah. so much live comedy oh. uh, but we were there and, we were, and I just remember you guys being very funny and I remember I was very funny and we laughed together about how funny we all were <laughs> I remember I remember Ellie and I did a, a, a song and then you got up and sang in tune yeah. with the guitar you can actually we like, sing Pippa, can't and we you? both looked at each other and went fuck like yeah. that, that bitch we said, said fuck that bitch talented <laughs> and then you did like a country and western thing and we're like we can never do country and western because we'll just look like we've copied her and obviously you own all of the country and that's western that's right that's it yeah. that's how music works Yeah. yeah isn't that weird though that always happens at gigs that you see someone do something and you go well I can never do that then as if you're always going to do exactly the same thing it's like, like when someone goes I'm really sorry I've got a Ryanair joke and you're like mm, I think we've all got a Ryanair joke yes <laughs> don't worry exactly. um, so who, who are you Pippa Evans. Oh well, I'm a I'm an improviser. I often struggle to describe myself because I do lots of different things. You're a multi hyphen. I'm a multi hyphen, um, which is actually quite fashionable now these days, isn't it? Yeah, multi hyphen. So I, I'm on trend. So I'm an <laughs> improviser, uh, performer, comedian, singer, songwriter, director, writer, um, all these things. So You're a multimedia I, node. But probably what I do the most is I improvise musicals with Showstopper, the improvised musical. Um, and I've been started writing musicals, so I was the dramaturg on Nine to Five when it was in Western. <gasps> Dolly Parton. Did 
Did you meet Dolly? Did you meet I Dolly? I didn't get to meet Dolly, oh. which was like so sad. But when you're the dramaturg, you really are the lowest of the low. You really are the person in the corner that everyone goes, who's that? Right. So you go, did, did, I'm the dramaturg. So nine to five, the musical is is the musical personification of uh, Dolly Parton's music, isn't it? Is that, is it, that right? No. no, it is the musical of the film Nine to Five from oh, okay. 1972, I think it was okay. made. Um, yeah, so it's a, a film that Dolly was in, and Dolly famously wrote the song Nine to Five for the soundtrack, uh, and then then uh, subsequently has been turned into a musical. Uh, written by I've forgotten the name of the main woman who actually wrote it Pat her name's Pat good old Pat I can't remember her second name that's how how close we were Uh, people can google it don't worry if they want to know google it and uh, and then Dolly wrote all new songs for it so there's only two or three Dolly songs that you would recognise in it Mm -hmm. Um, but it starts with nine to five that's all you need it's just dung 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 and everyone's like ah I could so, just watch that for ninety minutes. Quite honestly, I mean, quite happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the performers are doing obviously doing improvised musical theatre, which is where we just make up a musical for the audience. They give us the title and we go. Uh, is great. But watching twenty five trained ensemble dancers performing to nine to five, just go wow. That's a really. Really different skill there. <laughs> yeah, that's a show. That's that a is show. a show. You've got talent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's quite amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I sort of divide my time between writing and performing, really. Yeah. And the improv stuff, because that's a, that's a talent in itself, isn't it? That's a whole thing. Oh, yes, there's a whole thing. So I, I'm actually, I've just, I'm just writing a book called Ooh. Improv Your Life because I teach improv as a life skill because I think if everybody learned to improvise, the whole of the world would be a better place mm. um, because it just... But then would everyone just say, yes, and? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course we're doing that. I mean, I'm going to mug you now. Yes, yes and? and here's my wallet. <laughs> that, that's not getting hit. Uh, <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah, so, I'm taking the piss out of your profession. No, Go, yeah, it's yeah, fine, no, Helen. That's why I came her. here. Uh, no, because no, you're absolutely right. Because yes, and is such a gift because you're accepting the offer. So actually, the most confusing thing about improvisation is the principle of yes, and which for listeners at home uh, is the basic principle of improvisation is that you say yes to the offer. Uh, so if Helen says to me, um, "You're a witch," I say yes, and here's my broomstick. I have added to the offer, um, but you can say yes with a no um, because you can accept you can you can accept the reality of the situation whilst uh, deflecting the thing that has been offered mm-hmm. so you could say uh, you're a witch and i could say no i'm i'm the last one who's not been been turned into one we must go and save the rest of the witches ah. so uh, so we have accepted the story that you've created but we haven't had to force ourselves into that position if we didn't feel comfortable with it Ooh, that is a life skill you are a witch though you know that <laughs> yes, I am. and so are you <laughs> ah so how does that apply to real life then well well i mean the pandemic's been a great example of when improvisation is really useful uh, because we've just had to change everything, haven't we? So we have to. We've just had to accept the situation. We might not have liked the situation that it put us in, but to have the freedom to um, to not panic when things don't go to plan, essentially, oh. so that when the government says you now have to homeschool your children like I'm sure there were times that you didn't enjoy it ladies I, I did not say yes and to that Pippa that was not my first response uh, to that news you said no but hell I bet I have to I said uh, no fuck you uh, but yes uh, make my husband do it um, yeah okay yeah that's interesting so how's, how has, has lockdown been for you because you're you're not a parent no I'm not a parent and um, and so in many ways I felt awful whenever I moaned about anything to any it's of like my friends about, guilt. it really is survivor's guilt because people are so divided into those with children and those without children during this time because there's just no comparison I don't think really uh, mm. for anyone who doesn't have children having just listened to my friends try to get on with their jobs in their house with small people who need attention and of course they need attention yeah. um, and uh, a biscuit every six uh, fucking and seconds a biscuit, yeah. and, and that makes you then eat a biscuit every six seconds yep. which means you're then also putting on weight and feeling sluggish and tired uh, and getting really stressed out so when I say oh it's just been really boring because it's, it's kind of watched everything on Netflix <laughs> my friends are like fuck you mate 
fuck oh, you. Just, you have nothing to How complain about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried to, to be that person, but I failed. Okay. Um, so all, what I've learned over lockdown is I'm not that person. Did you break? Did you bake any bread? I did bake some bread, right. yeah. Okay, we're going to uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Mainly I learned how to make curries. Oh, um, I got quite good. into making, I got, I got really into trying to make the dishoom uh, black lentil dal, like a bit obsessively. <laughs> there was a lot of dal There's lying around. There's a lot around. of lentils in your house, if There's I remember. a lot of lentils, There's yeah. an amazing guy on YouTube. A lot of YouTube. open windows as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we ate so many lentils uh, that, yeah, the... Um, Plumbing, Ooh. plumbing had to be. Just by goodness yeah. sake! Mm. Um, but then apparently a couple that farts together stay together. That's what oh. I heard. Because once you can cope with that, you can cope with anything. Not your experience. No, not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have done less farting. But um, <laughs> anyway, but that's that. But that's an interesting thing because it was just a, an enormous abyss of space and time. Mm. And like you were, were you doing some work? Were you well, some... I, so I was very lucky to get my book deal just before lockdown. So I was okay. like, okay, something to focus on. So I did yeah. have, I did have writing to do. So I was just writing uh, my book, um, and then, and then sort of trying to think of ways to be helpful actually because. Because I did feel uh, uh, unhelpful, and the worst thing about the pandemic was the fact that you can't, you couldn't go and say, "I'll take your kids for for the afternoon." Yeah, you mm. know, I'll come and look after them. You do whatever you want. So it felt really. I just felt like even if I wanted to be generous and say I've got loads of time, I couldn't. So I ended up doing online story time for um, some of my friends' kids, where I would improvise stories with them for like half an hour. Just so my friends could just sit down and not have to do anything fun for yeah, yeah. thirty minutes, and and it also would feel like less bad screen time because uh, my yeah. kids had approximately like fourteen to sixteen hours of screen time a day in between mm. me kind of throwing some frozen pizza at them and then probably doing a shit. Yeah, that was the break. I don't think my son can tell the difference between Fortnite and reality anymore. No. He just, you know, I find him hiding in the toilet for hours at a time uh, from snipers. Well, uh, reloading a, a gun, keep going. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's a weird thing for a nine-year-old to do in a supermarket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll grow out of it, one yeah. hopes. How was that with the, did you go to the supermarket? Because um, again, the other thing I thought was really harsh was that parents couldn't take their kids to the supermarket. And I wasn't sure if that would be something that would be like, oh, thank goodness I can't take my kids to the supermarket. Or if you just illegally allowed all your children no, to be so with you. I'm, I'm a single parent. So yeah. what I used to do is I make the kids stare at me in my little supermarket, watch me go around and they would hold each other's hands and just watch me. And I would like pull up like, are these the crisps you like? Are these the biscuits? And I like show them in the window and they just stare at me in the supermarket. Like that. Yeah. So that was it. I mean, it was good times for everybody, really. Oh, I loved it. I, I would leave them here with Pete and I would, it was like a trip to a spa. I'd just mm. be like, got to go to the shops again. Oh no, that oh. was really long. We've run out of lentils. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh yes, what a shame. I have to wander around in silence on my own uh, for hours so yeah, it was, yeah it's it's a funny one isn't it really it's it, been yeah it's weird because we're sort of slightly out of it but there's that weird feeling that we might go back into mm. it again so you sort of it's, it's that weird kind of I don't want to enjoy it too much because I'm like oh it all could go to shit again but yeah. at least we know we can kind of do it you've just done two weeks of quarantine though you've yeah, been stuck have, in a yeah. house yeah was it right? well you know me I'm quite lazy I quite like being at home uh, with you know you know just food yeah food Food, not my children, obviously, uh, but food has been, yeah, it's been all right. Because we, we came back from Italy via France, so we just did a massive shop in Calais and just got all the cheese and ham. Just like, oh, yeah. So it's been, it's been all right. Yeah. Um, are you missing uh, performing? Are you missing getting out? Yeah, well, it's it? been, yeah, we've been, that has been the hardest thing. Is, uh, before lockdown, I probably did three or four live shows a week, and then going to zero was horrible. And also, I, I'm not a big fan of. Um, Zoom gigs, like I don't yeah. think they create the same world that I perform well in, so which is people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That 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 thing. <laughs> and, so, and it was been funny watching people do it really well. Going, yeah, so weird that you're work really translates well into it and mine just doesn't because I I like I talk to people and I do stuff with people and so only only just with Showstopper figured out how to do a live stream Showstopper gig because the problem we had as well is if you improvise music the piano needs to be live in the room with the same person singing because otherwise you get lag so then oh, you get yeah. this horrible awful oh, and it sounds so bad and I did, did a couple of online improv things where that was the case the piano was somewhere else and Oh, it was. Not. It was just like um, everyone smiles and a, and a, and a very accommodating because I think exactly. we're all very forgiving yeah. of everyone having a go. Exactly. But- just not 
it's good. And we're also at the point now where having a go is no longer acceptable. So yeah. you can't, you can no longer say, oh, I'm just learning. It's like, you've had five months to learn <laughs> yeah. how to do Gary this, Barlow's guys. done yeah. 36 of these. <laughs> yeah. 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 Piss off. <laughs> exactly. Um, we've, we have stopped singing the baked potato song, though, haven't we? Yeah. That was big for a while. Yeah. Wasn't it, Just? I, I love that. Oh, he's a, he's a good, good man. So, yeah. so with Showstoppers, so there's an adult's show and a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are better at improvising, generally, uh, oh. in terms of the audience? Oh, the kids are 100,000% better. Really? Like, um, because the kids ha- have not... Is it very interesting seeing the point when a kid turns cynical? Because um, generally, adults will try and trip you up and kids will try and make an amazing story. So adults want to see adults fail and kids want to see a great show. Right. Um, uh, and uh, the kids are not impressed that we're making up a story. That's not what's impressive to them. What's impressive to them is that they get to tell grown-ups what to do for 45 minutes. So they will often say things like, the dog has to do 100 handstands. <laughs> You'll be like, thanks, kids. Um, but uh, So if we say in a grown-up show, we'll ask, where's the show set? They'll say, Ikea. And they'll say... Um, a brothel. A brothel, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, all those kind of classics. Yeah. When we ask the kids, where's the show set? They'll say things like inside a unicorn's brain uh, they say it on a broken castle in the middle of the sea wow uh, and yeah. they'll say yeah on top of a mountain uh, with a wizard you know and so so it's already so evocative and creative well, if you're my son, because we came and saw it at Christmas the kitchen we loved oh, it yeah. it was brilliant yeah yeah it was great um and i wasn't sure because so my son is um He's not, he's not always a joiner-inner, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he he yeah, prefers yeah. to often sit back and watch and let other people do the work. So I wasn't sure if he'd sort of... And he, and he did sort of for the first sort of 10, 20 minutes, he just kind of sat there sort of taking it in. And I thought, he's not going to join in. And then eventually um, he got really into it and someone said, oh, and then a terrible baddie came or something. Who was the baddie? Who, what kind of creature was the baddie? And he stood up and went... Boris Johnson and I was like I've never been proud of you I've successfully indoctrinated you and you've demonstrated my left wing sensibilities to this entire audience well done son so yeah but it was brilliant but yeah kids were coming up with all this nutty stuff and I was like wow like they just don't have any filters I guess is that what it is yeah they they don't have any filters and also there's they have kid logic so they they're very we've we've been trained as grown-ups out of following our logic and our obvious so that we try and think of something clever to say or say something something must be worthwhile like so so often people say oh i was going to say that you know or we stop ourselves from saying things out loud in case we look stupid um not if you're helen (laughs) and thank well done helen thank you well done for fighting that you are you are liberated you don't need to buy my book um (laughs) the uh, completed the course (laughs) i have improved my life you've done it Uh, but the kids yeah they just um they just think what is the most fun thing that could possibly happen now you know also they're really into murder and um death (laughs) and and when we first started doing the show for the kids which must have been probably like 10 years 10 years ago maybe we did the first try of like how do we do this for kids and we very much stuck with the grown-up model and it just didn't work because we would we were kind of moralised for them, so we'd be like, um, so what happens to Harry Potter? And they'd go, he gets murdered uh, by a shark. <laughs> and we'd end up being like, let's sing a song about why murder is bad. <laughs> and the kids, you can see them being like, mm, I just wanted to see Harry Potter be murdered by a shark. Blood right? and yeah, yeah. his head to come off. So we, yeah. so we did a show at the Edinburgh Improv Festival, which was in February, so it was just, just before lockdown. Oh. And, um, and we did it to, I think it was 300 primary school kids and it was so funny and they were so into it and it was all about pokemon um i don't and the other great thing is we don't have to know anything we can just ask them you know we were like so we say which pokemon is it and they'll go giggly chops or whatever and they'll say that's the one that has fire hands so you just play someone with fire hands that's actually charizard and i think the word you're looking for is jigglypuff but anyway carry on (laughs) nerd alert <laughs> exactly, uh, and uh, I think you're right. I think I was playing Charizard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And Is that the um, one that you sent me and said that looks like you, Helen. It's a big, fat, purpley one. Oh no, that was the uh, <laughs> that was the other one. What was it? Uh, Cunty flaps. I think that was, <laughs> that was that one. Oh, I can't remember flaps. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Edinburgh show next year. <laughs> yeah, but the kids were like, yeah, just. Um, I was like, what does Charizard do now? And they're like, they set fire, set fire to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, okay, set fire to everybody. And then I just set fire to all of the children. And all of the children, so 300 children. And bear in mind, there's probably like six teachers. So all of the teachers had faces like thunder, like, please don't make 300 children scream and do. And so I was just setting fire to them. And they were all acting out, being set on fire Amazing. and being melted. Um, and then, of course, everyone's dead, right? Mm-hmm. So then the narrator's like, oh, everyone's dead. What's going to happen now? And the kids will always find a, a thing that happens. You know, one of the other Pokemon will have a potion or um, they'll magic it up and then they'll have to talk about why why it was bad to set fire to everyone. But we never force the moral now. The kids always go, hmm, maybe it was bad to set fire to 400 people. <laughs> just, over time, they, they realise how the story ends. So you never have to force the story because kids naturally know how stories work. Yeah. I think when you describe the show um, without having been to it, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like the fact that you in terms of... <laughs> oh, nice. put, that, put that on the poster. Put that on the poster. Can we quote a fucking nightmare? nightmare. <laughs> Scummy mummies. Like, yeah. oh my God, Thank like... you for your endorsement. <laughs> yes. No, but as a performer, I'm like, oh, I've got to rely on kids to make the show good. And are they going to... They're so... They can be so cynical and critical. Like, that's not funny. That's not funny. And, um, but this sounds magical. This sounds so exciting. And you've been to it. See, I haven't been to it, but I have seen lots of improv in my time. And I always think, gosh, it, it is, you know, uh, it's a frightening kind of prospect not knowing what's ahead of you. But is that what drives you as well? Is that the excitement of not knowing where it's going to go? Yeah, absolutely. Well? Yeah. Because mm. all you do is, again, there's another improv principle, which is like what happens next. So you're just doing the next step rather than trying to guess the, f- the future final thing because actually at the beginning of the show if we got the first suggestion from the kids if you said right what what do you think this story is going to be it will 1000% never be the story that you thought it is because they often start in like candy land and then you end up in Boris Johnson's stomach or something like that so so you cannot predict how it goes so you just have to rely on the kids and ask them what happens next and they do make logical steps sometimes weird logic Mm. but um but it is logic so so it's fine. The kids are in charge. And yeah. um, I think that's what I enjoy about it. Because I will never think like an eight-year-old kid. No, and that's exciting. Now, I, I want to kind of go behind the curtain a bit. Like, so who's in, who, who, is, who are showstoppers? How did it all kind of get together? And also you must have incredible trust and like the relationships you have now with them that you're sort of on stage all the time and you know where they're going to go or what they're going to do like what is it like being in an is there a shit one that's what she's saying oh, right, is there, yeah, is there, yeah. Is there oh yeah oh there's many shit ones um, <laughs> you have to come and watch it <laughs> you have to guess um, there are I think there's now like 18 of us I can't right. remember it was yeah. a big pool of us but to begin with I think there was six or seven of us and we were brought together by this guy called Ken Campbell did you ever meet him it's like this crazy Ken was this guy with big eyebrows and he spoke like this and uh, he was like all into theatre and and uh, some weird stuff. And he trained up like people like Jim Broadbent and um, uh, it's good to talk. Who's that? Bob Hoskins. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to be quizzed. <laughs> <laughs> and he like has all these people that he he used to take on this um, called the Ken Campbell. I think it was called the Ken Campbell Roadshow. Uh, and he would just travel around in the seventies and do these mad mad ass shows where things would happen and stuff would occur uh including my favorite story was that he was in a lift with um the roadshow guys and he just went all right everyone get on the floor everyone get on the floor so everyone like lay on the floor with their arms up in the air and when the elevator door opened he said to the people outside it's a very fast elevator (laughs) (laughs) so that was his sense of humor and uh he just he sort of discovered improvisation you know through various ways and was like this is amazing and at one point just said um said we wondered if you could improvise Shakespeare because Shakespeare there's rumors that Shakespeare was improvised um you know it was a group of players who would perform the scripts and and embellish them for Shakespeare um and then he went I wonder if you could improvise a musical so he just gathered together a load of people he thought could do it mm-hmm. um and and we just tried it and then um, Adam Megiddo and Dylan Emery are the artistic directors of Showstopper and they were working particularly with Ken so they kind of took the project on as a a thing mm. and here we are however many years later 12 years later yeah oh. so, so do you do you have not to ruin the magic but do you have like set sort, sort of songs that you know you're going to do no, no, it's no. all totally yeah it's totally, it's amazing. totally improvised and, and uh, actually when we first started and people would say we surely have set songs we go oh, oh, I can't believe someone would say that to us so rude um, but See actually <laughs> I said it's a fucking nightmare and you, you basically said it's, it's, all, yeah, it's all made up yeah <laughs> 
No, but I'm genuinely because no, when I saw it, it was so, so it was so amazing. I was like, this, 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 there must be like a trick to this. Like I was trying to work out the because I'm a you know twat as we've established. I was yeah. trying to work out the moving parts. Like there must be yeah. some sort of setup or template. Well, this, this or is what something. I mean. Is so originally we found it offensive, but then we realised it's an ultimate compliment because it's yeah. like I cannot believe that you're making this up because it's, it's so too good. it's too good. Yeah. But all it is is we've studied songs, so we spend all of our time listening to musical theatre songs. I'm mm. literally most people's worst nightmare. I will sing. 50% of my daily content. Good. So poor, my poor husband has listened to me sing so much that he once said to me, do you ever think you sing too much? <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking British. That is so British. <laughs> please stop? And then, and then it, we really laughed because he didn't realise what he'd said. Like, he <laughs> so, totally thought he was being polite. It was like, no, no, no that's no, quite that's rude, not. babe. Um, uh, yeah, so, so the reason is we just know songs so well. So the reason they sound like songs is because they are we sing them in the style of a song so so a song generally has a verse and a chorus mm. and then probably a verse and a chorus and that chorus probably then repeats a couple of times um so rather than it being set like okay the second song will always have a verse and a chorus it's like oh that sort of sounded like a verse oh we seem to be going into a chorus or oh that sounds like a bridge so like abba's a really good example when we do ask the audience for what style do you want it in so they might say mamma mia abba always has a bridge so it always goes the verse and then it goes we're almost singing the chorus we're about to sing the chorus here is the chorus <laughs> yeah, so, so things like that uh, that most people won't know that that's what it sounds like but that's what makes it identifiably identifiably abba right so so it's just it is quite a lot of nerd work to get to the point where you're not in any way singing a set shape because the shapes are kind of in your bones. Mm, man, we it's, should be more musical. We should, we should. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my first ever jobs, um, so my brother is a uh, improv pianist and when I was growing up in Australia and he Amazing. did a show called Spontaneous Broadway, which is very similar to... Yes, 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 we, we met, we've met those guys. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. I've probably met so, your brother, eh? Yeah, that's... Yes, you right. have. Yeah. Um, so my job when I was at um, uni was I was the door bitch for Spontaneous Broadway. So I'd watch... Official every... title or...? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'd watch it every Sunday night and just see all these people just be blown away by how... And, like, the fact that like, they would write down their musical um, title and then a whole musical would be like, oh, the composer's in the house tonight. And they would pick somebody out of the audience and pick up things in the bucket and things like that but everyone just came out like singing the songs and and being blown away and it is there is such magic to improv that you don't get in any other mm. show basically so with, her show is better than ours is that what we're saying uh, that's strong yeah. uh, but but also factually correct yeah. i um what does it annoy you though because right so our show is not improv right our show is just twatting about right yeah, but we do jokes, occasionally we, in fact there are jokes in the show that have stayed in the show because we sort of came up with them on stage just dicking yeah. about but also most annoyingly um there are jokes in the show that audience members came up with that we've now stolen and appropriated yeah. yes. <laughs> it really annoys me that yeah. sometimes the audience who've paid to come and see us are funnier than us does that yeah. ever wind you up oh yeah no no it doesn't and the reason is because i'm pretty sure most of the audience wouldn't be able to come up on stage and improvise an entire musical so i'm very happy yeah. to give them their their golden line of fame because their suggestions are the things that make the show and particularly for me the the highlight of the show is getting the title from the audience because when so we vote on things so people say i want it set in a ship i want it set on you know ikea whatever it is uh, and they vote they vote they vote but when we get the title we just wait for the room to go ooh, right. and there's this great moment where someone says something hilarious and the whole room just like applauds because that yeah. audience member has really managed to make the title that connects all the things together so so actually the magic of improv for me is that we are all discovering the show at the same time together and so that's the one moment where the audience kind of has the the power so we are the observer in that moment mm, um, yeah. so, so i think that's what i really love about it and that's why the kid show is particularly fun is because actually we're really sharing that moment constantly whereas with the grown-up show it's a bit more thanks everyone now let us show off for you i mean i say i'm having it up a bit. it doesn't really annoy me that much i should really just be grateful that they oh, you know like there was the, the, when you were, like, i used to do a bit in the show where i used to talk to the audience and say you know oh so you know what do you do for a living uh, where do you live uh, when do you last have sex and uh, this woman said, um, oh, the other night, actually, yeah. And I was like, oh, right. And she went, yeah, you know, one leg out, the pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, 
And like you're saying, the whole audience was like rolling on the floor, laughing much harder than they were at anything I'd said. And I was like, that's, oh, that's, yeah, and now that's you. part of our absolutely. show. So thank you yeah. to that woman. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and again, the, the lady who said, I have sex once a year, but on, on the stroke that's of midnight right. uh, 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 of New Year's Eve. So it counts for both years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or the bloke at Edinburgh who I used to do it where I was doing you from behind yes that was always a highlight of the show yeah. and I said to him oh it's very it's very hard on the knees isn't it sir and he went oh I always put a rug down <laughs> the practical yeah. yeah stuff that you just can't and you know you can't make up swept into the show yeah. so it's a constantly evolving thing which is which is kind yeah. of exciting and we like I mean every show is different I mean we sort of do no you kind of get a flavour especially in should we say Tunbridge Wells, Ellie? Oh God, on yeah. On Friday night, when the when the mums have had quite a few proseccos, maybe some other things. I feel rowdy and bitches. Rowdy, and you know, as soon as you step out onto that stage, whoo, yeah, it's, it's a lot of smiling and and just getting through it. And mm-hmm. do you have that with the improv? Can you kind of read the vibe? Well, let me tell you this: uh, my worst gig ever, personally, was at Tunbridge in Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> Where I was in this this art centre, and it was very early on. And when you, this is me doing stand up rather than improv, and um, I don't know if you've had this where they go, uh, I thought I was doing twenty minutes, and they said, no, you have to do forty five minutes. And this is when I was starting, so I didn't even really have twenty minutes. I was having to stretch out a ten to twenty, yeah. which is what everyone does when they start. Um, and I was like, uh, but I was too, again, too young and yes. naive to, to just say, I've only got twenty minutes. Sorry. And it will be an excellent 20 minutes and you can have that. So instead, I just tried to string out this thing <sighs> and they just stared at me so so awfully. And then I, I think about 28 minutes I went, um, OK, I'm going to go now because I don't think we're having a good time. <laughs> and this man said, he went, no, don't worry, we're enjoying ourselves. It's just that we don't laugh out loud here. <laughs> I was like, what is that thing? So then I went back into... Um, Backstage, and I was really upset because, like, like, I was very new. I was like, I've ruined the whole show. And the, the confet was a really, a really rough Aussie. And he was like, You're all a bunch of cunts. Do you know that? She's back there crying. She's there in a weep because of you lot. Okay? So you better fucking laugh at the next guy, okay? Oh, you have met Helen's brother. <laughs> Oh my god! But that—that's interesting though, because I've—I I like though that you've just acknowledged it and and fucked off. Because I've seen so many comedians, especially back in the op- open mic yeah, days, in our early days, so yes. many comedians. And I'm going to say men because I've never seen a woman comedian do this, where it's not going well. And the MCs especially are terrible for this because they don't really have a set time limit. Mm. It's not going well. So rather than just sort of accepting that and going, do you know, what, I'm just going to go. They, tr- they, it's like they start fighting the audience. Like, right, I'm going to make you fuckers laugh, and and they and it never works. Yeah. And it goes yeah. on for hours, hours. and you're just like, oh. Again, I think it's improv training because uh, one of the best things in improv is learning to leave the stage. Because so many improv scenes, you've probably seen a million terrible improv shows where people are just there for exactly the same. Like this scene is really painful and awful. Let's keep going until yeah. <laughs> until we find the the good bit. It's like maybe because it's made up, you could just stop and leave yeah. the stage because it's your show and you're in complete control. Uh, yeah, but we yeah. don't. We're like, oh, I must find the thing. So when you learn, a good improviser le- knows when to leave the stage. You're like, oh yeah, great. So you go, oh, I'm just going to go now. In fact, I love being in an improv scene where you go, this isn't really working, is it? Let's go. Let's finish. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. That's a good, but it's a relief for the audience. One hundred percent. And like, I, we've know. definitely skipped a bit of a sketch now and again, haven't we? Where we've gone, they just want us. Oh. They're not liking these characters. They just want us to do another silly song. Yeah. And I'll just leap ahead a few lines, yeah. and you'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> on we go." Like reading a story to a kid at bedtime. Yeah, like, just I just yeah. flick a few. Yeah. Actually, that's something my mum pointed. So my mum reads to my nieces. Um, has been reading in, during lockdown over Skype or whatever. And she said the problem is you cannot because they're reading along. She can't skip like she used. <gasps> to be able to skip uh, so she has to keep going through she has the to story. read all of Dr Zeus not um, just like oh they're so it. long those <laughs> books so, they're like 56 pages and that rhyme scheme Dickens. really gets boring after oh, a while no. oh. none of the words actually are words it's just words that rhyme with the other word oh dreadful oh, stuff I hate that man <laughs> is he dead I'm not, saying, I'm not saying also, he's hope, I hope he's dead yeah. but well, is he really a doctor yeah. <laughs> if my doctor wrote like that I would, I would complain <laughs> to the medical council <laughs> oh, oh dear gosh. but I well we've been talking I was just thinking like as a mother improv skills are probably the most important skills apart from what you know putting a sticking plaster on a knee or whatever is that you are constantly every day is different yes and every day you go all right so we're having um risotto again because you liked it yesterday they're like and i want risotto today 
day you're like, oh, okay. So you improv new food, you improv yeah. all the things. And I think, I feel like it's almost something you would want to do, you know, instead of what's it called? What's the thing you do? Like the baby pushing outy class. NC child, NC, uh, you're yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I was going to say NCP, but that's the parking. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, very good. Very I'd rather, reasonable. if I had to do it again, I'd rather go and listen to someone talk about parking for four hours than uh, what's, what's about to happen to my vagina. Yeah, because the doctors sort that bit out. But actually, what you actually need is skills to allow you to cope on the hop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just always leaking bodily fluids. They're having tantrums. They change their minds. You just don't know what direction the day is going to go. And again, you start off thinking, today we're going to go have a really lovely day at the Horniman. But it doesn't end up no. like that. You end up in Costa with shit on your jeans and crying. So, like, <laughs> this, is, this is where it goes. And you need to have those skills. So Yeah, well, I think that's a really good point. And I think also... Uh, it's 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 not even having needing to have those skills. It's recognizing that you have them because mm, yeah. so so many mothers learn these incredible skills uh, and then and don't recognize these amazing bank of skills that they now have. Like yeah. the, the way that you could rewrite a mother's CV is, I think, incredible. Just because everything is, as you say, a hundred percent improvised. Having to accept the situation. What's going on? Okay, this is the situation now. Okay, mm. um, two kids are fighting, so you have to sort of try and understand what the- what's the narrative going on here. I'm not quite sure what the story is. Okay, I'm going to figure out. Figure out the uh, story. They're pricks. That's yeah, usually no. the narrative that's going on. Just so you know, if, in case you're wondering, that's almost always yeah. the answer. They're just yeah. being pricks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think um, so a lot of mums come along to my workshops and then go. Oh, yeah, I know a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just like a reframing of it. Oh, God, I'm an amazing improviser. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what amazing skills I've learned. Yes, listeners, you are. That's what Pippa Evans has said. You're a good person and you can improvise. But don't get on her stage. <laughs> Do not get on my get stage. Off. Get off the stage, yeah. All right, so, so you... Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You've done amazing radio. We didn't even touch on the fact that you were a Best Newcomer Award nominee at Edinburgh. You've been successful, all sorts of very, things. Very, very successful. And Just everyone, sh- all your listeners should be very impressed by my presence on your podcast. Yes, and it is the yeah. Pippa Evans. Everything not, I've not achieved in um, But you also were a creator of a thing called the Sunday Assembly. Is that That's right? correct. Just to confuse your listeners um, even more about my hyphens. Yes. Um, in 2013. Me and another comic called Sanderson Jones started Sunday Assembly, the first ever non, uh, non godless church. Yeah, is it was what it was called. Um, yeah, the idea of churches are great, but lots of people don't believe in God. So what can we? How could we create church without God? Was the kind of hypothesis. Yes. And uh, it was wildly successful to the point of we we didn't really know how to uh, cope with it because people were so more interested in it than we ever thought they would be. Mm. Um, so on the first day, we put out 50 chairs and um, over 200 people turned up. Wow. And uh, and suddenly we had uh, yeah, a hit on our hands. And yeah. so there, there's now Sunday Assemblies 
all around the world. That is extraordinary. Yeah. I, was, I was really hoping you were going to say, so on, the, so on the first day we went to our church with no God and it was struck by lightning. And <laughs> <laughs> then there was a hailstorm and a plague of locusts yeah. and then we never did it again. I'm well, just saying. Well, you could say since then we have had a pandemic and we have had ah, forest fires. We have UAPS. had climate change. So yeah, it, it could be our fault, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that sounds amazing because I'm yeah, I'm the daughter of a vicar and mm. I'm now not very religious but one of the things I loved about growing up in the church was every Sunday a group of people would come together we'd sing some songs we'd have a lovely time but afterwards you'd just see everyone from different backgrounds sharing a cup of tea saying how are you Mm. how are you and every week they'd meet and there was that was a kind of central point where people could kind of share and felt safe and all those sort of things and they're they're the things I kind of like about the church not the sort of other other bits and bobs and so it will it come going. back after the lockdown do you think? well so I, so I stopped being directly involved about two years ago okay and because I just I didn't have time and also there's a pl- there's a time when if you've started something there is a place where the kind of the instigators have to step away from it so it can become what it is rather yeah. than what you wanted it to be or what you thought it would be um, yeah. Sunday Sunday London's been doing it online uh, every couple of weeks I think and um, a lot of them have been doing that but again, it will depend because will people want to meet up? Like my mum still goes to ch- my mum goes to church. I was brought up in the church, um, so my father wasn't a vicar, but I was very hardcore Christian, mm-hmm. and so um, so I have a, a sort of deep relationship with Jesus, which I talked about. I did um, my teenage diaries on Radio Four, oh, wow, and yeah. um, my diary is basically a massive crush on Jesus. Like it's just <laughs> obsessive about Jesus. Like, yeah. I, literally, I mean, it literally is like, I love so him. He's the son of God and he is with me and by my side all the time. <laughs> and when I'm sad, all I can do is talk to Jesus and it's okay because he will look after me. Jesus has got my back. Uh, <laughs> it's literally like he's my boyfriend. So, uh, amazing. <laughs> so I did, and you kept that. And- oh my God. It's, wow. it, it was amazing to read actually and just go, yeah, it was kind of obsessive um, and, uh, and it's kind of very uh, two-dimensional If I love Jesus, then I get stuff. It was very much that kind of relationship. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I mean, on his birthday, that that is true. That that is true. That is a tradition. It's not entirely uh, false. Um, So, uh, so I think. So, what interests me most about God now is when we say I don't believe in God. I think we then have to ask, what is God? So, Mm. because I think a lot of us say I don't believe in God, meaning I don't believe there's a man in the sky telling me what to do. Yeah. But when we say but um, but then actually, if you dismiss that as what God is, because a lot of people would not describe their God as a man in the sky, then it gets really interesting. Actually, so we talk about what, yeah, mm. is God is just a word that means power bigger than us, which yeah. you could call climate change or like the climate is God. You know? Yeah, the force. The I like force, to go in yeah, there. Yeah, the force. I often say the universe. I always go, oh yeah, the universe has made it so or something. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there a, a bit in your teenage diaries where you sort of fall out of love with Jesus? Right, Jesus is being really annoying today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I keep calling him and he's not answering the phone. <laughs> yeah, he never talks back to me. <laughs> we were supposed to meet at the Odeon at two forty, and he didn't turn up. Uh, Screw you, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Actually, um, it was much more um, wanky than that. Really profoundly, I'm like, um, I realised when I was talking to Jesus that I was actually talking to myself. Oh Ooh. yeah. Wow. And I'm actually this great person. I am yeah. actually Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> really badly for the Beatles, that line. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you, you survived it well. <laughs> it's a draw. So, yeah, so that's, that's Sunday, Sunday Assembly. And, um, uh, and, and what was interesting about it as well is it sort of starts, started lots of other people popping up their own sort of versions of it, which was kind of the idea as well. Like, it starts the... I, the like we were saying at the beginning about people going... Oh no, you've done country and western. I can't do country and western. It's like no, if you if this doesn't work for you, this shape. Because some people are like oh those pop songs. I hate pop songs. It's like well, start a different one. Yeah. Do it your own way. Like do it with classical music. Have no songs. Um, just have a like basic more on the Quakers. Like sit in, in silence together if that's what you need. Yeah. Um, it's just about creating spaces because people just don't have space anymore. People mm. don't have free space no. to go and sit and consider life. One of the biggest things, one of the saddest things about Sunday Assembly for me was people going. I feel like now someone will notice if I die. I mean, that is shocking to me that because we live in one of the biggest, most amazing cities in the world. But all someone wants to know is that someone will notice if they didn't turn up. I mean, mm. that's really it's sad. Such, it's such an important um, eye-opener to loneliness yeah. and connection yeah. and all this sort of stuff. You know, And we live online and think that we're connected with people. But actually, 
just being in a place with someone is so important and yeah. having that contact as yeah. well. And I think I'm sure everybody's craving that now with the pandemic, like more than ever, like, I need to see you. I need to, you know, be near you and how important that connection is because you don't get that from being on the phone or texting or no, you need no. To kind of be amongst people, yeah, and to see you, yeah. My husband runs the community hall on our housing estate, and um, these yeah. guys sound like pricks. <laughs> Such assholes, really selfish, really bad people. Um, he, um, uh, but all the old ladies like I can't do their sit in the chair exercise because of the pandemic. But they literally just otherwise they're by themselves. So and it, it's really sad. But again, you can't get. 80 year old ladies on zoom doing chair exercise it just doesn't work they don't mm. understand it so for no. me like for me that's one of one of the sort of real problems of the pandemic was these old ladies that the, the most vulnerable people are the ones who are most on their own and now they're right completely on by themselves and all they want is to sit for half an hour and raise their arms up you know to just yeah. keep moving um but they were sort of left by themselves so you just go oh and all they're missing there is like half an hour a week of talking to someone other than themselves. Mm. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. yeah, that got a bit sad, didn't it? Well, Sorry, we've guys. done uh, Jesus, miserable. death, and uh, old people being lonely. I think it's time for a scummy mummy confession. <laughs> That's a, a neat segue, that. Yeah. Yes. Have you got a confession for us, Helen? Yes, I have a confession for you, Ellie, um, and Pippa, and the listener. Um, I had a Brazilian wax for the first time last week. Oh. Yes, I have no hair on my vagina. Or <laughs> <laughs> my asshole. Oh, my God. Pippa's properly horrified. I'm really horrified. But I did this thing. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this story because it's a yes and yeah. because a friend of mine runs a waxing salon in Brixton, and she said, um, as a treat, I'll give you. A, <laughs> as a, a treat, f- having the hair and telling your vagina. She said, it's called the Naked Hair, and it's excellent. It's in Brixton. Um, she said, I'll put you in for a facial, and um, and you can have a bikini wax. And I said, good, because I'm just starting to do online dating. And she said, I'll have you as smooth as a seal. And I was like, well, I thought that was just like the sides, right? And then the lady, when I went in, so I went into the waxing area, you know, the table, and she said, oh, so you booked in for a Brazilian. I was like, yes. Yes, yes, I am. And I just said yes, because I thought, I, you know, I'm recently single. Why why not try something new? And I didn't really think that that's what I was going to... Why not try something new? We've never murdered anyone. Why not give that a go? What are you talking about? Because it's painful. No. Uh, so, anyway. Um, so, yeah, for the first time ever, someone put, like, wax all, all under and in. And there were, like, bits where, like, she... I, you know, oh, I, there's so much pain just listening. Just no, um, and but there's a tiny little like like a Charlie Chaplin bit just at the front, but then, <laughs> like it like a Hitler's moustache. Yeah, it's like a Hitler's moustache cut <laughs> from a flaps, and then but it, and the, so so she did all the undercarriage bit, and then she said, and I thought, all right, that's all done, and then she said, now turn over, <gasps> and I had to inside of my bottom put hot wax and then take all the hair out so everything is is um smooth now i have been doing this joke about brazilian waxes as you know ellie for years and years and years and i used to do this line saying um if you get your asshole wax your farts sound louder and listener it is true wow because it does sound like Oh two fish goodness. being slapped together and I've just been doing the loudest farts I was like here's me thinking I'm getting my, my genitals all ready for sex on the internet and it's very loud I'm so horrified by the story for so many reasons <laughs> but it, it, is, it is um and uh, another friend who had had a Brazilian wax said when you have a wank it feels like you're feeding a horse and it, I have been quite <laughs> interested in how all the bits feel it's sort of but it's all the hair's all it all grows back Pippa's mind is blown it's actually blown I She's, see you talk about Jesus yeah, and religion and yeah. I raise you improv that <laughs> yes and Pippa yes and tell us a funny story about your naked vagina I remember one time when I fed a horse <laughs> but now I'm wondering if it was a horse at all <laughs> that is, uh, that oh, is sorry. so. Uh, but no, I, I, I was it's because I've often thought about getting my butt waxed. Yes, I mean it. It, it does cross Why? your mind it, because it's really. I think it's. I've got quite hairy in a butt. Same, right. same. And I wondered if it does. It feel better because then my fear was the regrowth. But they were maybe not ready for. I'm not, regrowth. I'm, I'm, does it go I'm stubbly? We got a stubbly rectum. Yeah, stubbly bum. Uh, no. Um, Stubbly Rectum, the new album. <laughs> How about I'll update on the next podcast, shall I, on the on the thing? But yes, I, I do miss the hair. To be honest, it does feel a bit. It does look a bit, you know. And we've talked about this before. I don't 
know if they'll go back or not, but it, it was it was an interesting an mm. interesting experience. And the thing is that I was like, <laughs> I would just have a chat to the girl while she's essentially just fingering me and and mm. and, and all that stuff. So, and it was very natural. It felt very normal just to talk to her while <laughs> she was ripping hair out of my asshole. And you know, I thought I'm not going to be embarrassed. Everyone does this sometimes. Did you talk in that voice to the girl? <laughs> oh, yes. How is the weather today? Ow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so anyone else? Uh, I, 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 have a, I don't have a waxing story. Mm. Although I'm, yeah, I'm just intrigued. It is interesting, isn't it? it? Is I, I almost want to see it, but I don't really. No, um, I, don't. But I do also want to know, like, the late, what's the training for that as well? Because to learn how, because you have to be on all fours. No, no, no. She, oh, oh, just, you know, you know, like when you go in for your smear. 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 I'm not smear. Give me that smear. Yes. Sean Connery. Yes. <laughs> Connery's smear test clinic. Yes. So you put your toes together and then you gently separate your knees. And then she was, she just went in and um, just. And it went and, out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And she's um, not embarrassed, is she? Because she's seen like thousand vaginas all day yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. can't move for flaps. Um, so, yeah, so I just thought, I'll just not be embarrassed. And then it was okay. <laughs> That's how emotions work. <laughs> You just decide not to have them. I've That's... never been. I've never had my uh, foof waxed in a, in a uh, salon ever. Oh, I've right. only ever done it myself because, oh. because I can't bear the thought of lying there with another lady just touching my vagina. You should try it. Yeah. Think, Quite it a lot of people are into that, you know. <laughs> you pay the girl the money, and then... <laughs> I know that. I'd, I know that I'll be the person in there going. So how was your week? Like trying to be their best friend. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, we have to have a relationship if we're going this close. How did you train for this? Is there a GCSE? Or... Is it like a hairy model that Do you I, practice on? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a, what was that, that that doll you had which had the long oh, hair the that head, grew? Just yeah. the head. Girl's world. Yes, it was like a vagina. Yes. Like a vaginal girl's world. Cranks, yes. that cranks up some more hair. Yes. Oh, amazing. Oh, or maybe God. those little Play-Doh things where the hair comes out the top of the, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the mop the shop. The dolly with the with the tummy the tummy button that you push and the hair grew back again. Oh yeah, Cindy or something. Oh yeah. god, what? Oh. The eighties was weird, man. <laughs> it was, weird it was weird. Toys. Pregnant Barbie as well, wasn't it? There was yes. a pregnant one. You could, like, just pull it open. It off. It. Yeah. Cesarean only. Um, no, so I don't have a waxing confession. I do have a confession that uh, so me and Pete have been quarantining, and you know. Of an afternoon, now and again, we like to put a film on for the kids and just pop upstairs for mm-hmm. some uh, mummy and daddy time. <laughs> and the other day, and we have like um, a, a little chain on our bedroom door, but it opens like a crack so that if, if they really need so us, they can shout through the crack, as, <laughs> as it were. Anyway, so uh, we put the film on and usually this, this plan works absolutely like a dream. Once my children are on a screen, like there could be a nuclear bomb in the back, they just wouldn't move for anything. So we, we hop upstairs um, and then naked and we're just about to you know make a start and uh, <laughs> the, the door opens like the crack opens oh. again so to speak and my son's like oh hi is there a problem with the ipad and i'm like oh, um uh, okay darling um i'll, I'll yes i'll just plug it in at the thing and he's like okay uh, and i said yes um i don't know why i said this it was unnecessary i just said um we're just having a nap and uh we'll be we'll be down in uh, about eight minutes and uh, <laughs> He said, okay, yeah. And then he went and we were like, oh, phew. And then he just sat by, uh, by the way, I know you're having sex. <laughs> and we were like, uh. and I was like, how do you know? Because I wasn't even touching Pete at this point. He went, well, you're both naked. And I went, uh. and they went, uh, it's fine. I've seen it, I've seen it before. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, it was... Um, it was orcs. Yes. It was. So orcs. Doesn't put you in the mood, I tell you that much. No, knowing that they know that you're doing yeah. it. Mm, but right. we got there in the end. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. You know, as long as you're finished. As yes. we like to say, bought the ticket. <laughs> oh bought the ticket, might as well take the ride. <laughs> Absolutely. That reminds me of when my parents, I remember my parents trying to have sex. Like, I, remember, I remember it. And because they, they had a, a key and they would only ever lock the door when they were having sex. <laughs> And we, we, were, we were three kids uh, under five. So, uh, um, but at that, so that point, maybe. So, what I meant by that was more that we're really close in age. So, we were all there, probably at eight, nine, and five or something, banging on their door, going, "We know what you're doing." <laughs> so arousing, so erotic, so arousing. Hurry and up, I, finish it off. And then that reminds me of another time when, um, just before school, I, I needed to brush my hair, and I went into my mum and dad's room. 
to get the hairbrush it was supposed to dark and I opened the door and my mum just looked at me and went perfect timing meaning it was the end they just finished having oh my god <laughs> oh my god oh, oh, perfect oh, timing oh, oh maybe she was talking to your father who knows <laughs> uh. <laughs> everybody's got a story though yes so have you got a confession? For, is that your is that your well, story? Well, no, I, I I don't have anything like I'm I'm very I'm a very square lady. I mm-hmm. have to be honest with you, ladies, yeah. and that you've blown my mind with your confessions because it's just me and my husband in the house. There's there's no one to um, confess anything to. But it reminded me of the story of our when we got engaged, which is we got engaged uh, and Callum, Callum uh, proposed, and it was all very romantic, and I was very excited. So excited, I drank about three bottles of red wine, and. Um, I went to bed and then I woke up in the middle of the night and obviously I'd gone to sleep nestled in his, mm. in his arm. Oh. And then I had a big red wine sick in the oh middle no. of the night. And um, I can't remember what we'd eaten. We'd eaten something like, have you ever eaten corn, you know, the fake yes, meat? Yes, um, yes, fa- yes. Uh, it does something in your stomach where it, um, uh, it sort of expands. Yes, and so the sick like comes out like um, kind of like a sponge. Yeah, so <gasps> it's like almost solid. So Whoa. when you're sick, it's a bit like that Play Doh thing you were talking about. <laughs> 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 These like lumps of oh. uh, red wine nastiness. And uh, and I just looked up <laughs> and he was like, I love you. <laughs> but to his credit, he's a great guy. He then, he cleaned it. He had to literally oh. solidly pick oh. it all up. Oh. And oh. I can't tell you the volume of vomit. Oh. And he put it all up, put it in a bucket, and then cleaned it all up. Put me in the shower, gave me, got me to have a little wash because I was a bit stinky at that point. <laughs> and then we went back to sleep. So that was our oh. and our uh, yeah engagement night it was a corn red wine vomit armpit uh, situation. God, oh. that's, <laughs> yes, vom ovan. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Oh, well, there we go. Oh, it has been an absolute joy to have you, Pippa. Thank you very much for asking to be on our podcast. Thank you for (laughs) for responding to me asking to be on your podcast. Thank you for not minding that we've now told all the listeners that you asked to be on the podcast. Oh, I I don't mind. I have no shame. It's been a joy. We've been a big fan of yours for a very long time. And whenever your name is mentioned, we're like, she's so talented. She's good, isn't she? That bitch. Plug your things. What what do you want to plug? Oh, yeah. So with the Showstopper Kids show, we've been doing it online as well. So there's actually showstopper kids shows for available right now on uh, the internet so you can find them at showstoppertheMusical.com, uh, and uh, and also we've been making them so in fact we're making one tomorrow which won't be tomorrow when you hear this um so if you follow us on twitter at the showstoppers you can get your kids to make suggestions and then we involve their their suggestions in the uh, online uh, performance so uh, yeah you can find them on youtube and you can find them on Facebook and all those other places but if you just go to showstoppertheMusical.com you'll find that stuff but if you are interested in my improv your life stuff then it's uh, pipperevans.com and um, I love teaching that course and the book comes out in February so um, if anyone's interested in improvising I'd love to teach you awesome oh, wicked awesome should we flog some of our things Ellie? go on then we've got a shop got a shop yeah called scummy mummy shop yeah towels mugs whatever you like that's yeah, that's actually t-shirts. it it's now and t-shirts yeah we, we might be getting in some hoodies uh do rate review and subscribe to the podcast and we're back on the road aren't yeah we, we're doing some socially distanced gigs so we're oh. coming to Froome, 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 Froome. yeah on the 17th with the lovely jared christmas and then on the 23rd and 24th of september big gigs clap them grand clap wow. so grand that's yes. right and uh tickets are selling fast possibly uh so go to scummymummies.com for tickets yes. Yay! Good, good plugging that was very efficient very slick okay. well done well, i wanted to come to all of those things wow you. well you can thank you near your house and <laughs> tickets are very reasonably priced uh, so. she can come for free we'll just we'll sneak her in she don't say that they all want one okay, uh, <laughs> no they're not free i'll pay because i respect you and your art thank you oh Pepper. i'm not buying your book <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that works um, oh well thanks again Pippa for coming on the podcast thanks for having me in your lovely garden oh you're welcome sorry uh, listeners for the bird song uh, the noise of the airplane and my son shouting but that's that's <laughs> live podcasting Wales. yeah uh, and yes. um, a big shout out to all the listeners whose children are going back to school in the next couple of weeks mm. we got oh. there people we got yeah, there yeah we, we can do this alright <sighs> okay until next time bye 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 We want to include Pippa because she said she's an auntie. I don't know if you're a scummy auntie or not. We haven't established that. Uh, But do you have some scummy...
that's Ellie's son going, it's time to go to Wales in a minute. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he lives his own life. Uh, I can't. <laughs> literally can't control him. What, do, what, darling? What do you want? You can't do work. Oh, not on a holiday day. Okay. You can't do work on a holiday okay, day. Okay, thanks. I won't do any work and then you won't have any shoes. How's that? No. Where's your yes and? <laughs> and Terrible at improvising. Dreadful. Uh, anyway, have uh, you got one for us? Shut up. <laughs> have you got one for us? You said working with kids was fun. Yeah. That's working with them. Yeah. I get to leave them behind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> working against them is what we're doing mainly. Um, uh, Peter, can you parent your Where son? Where's your husband? I don't know. Just ignore him. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.